Hello, I'm Helena Cobbin, the owner of Just World Books, timely books for changing times. These days, the ancient Syrian city of Aleppo is often in the news because of the high degree of bloodshed and physical and social destruction it has been suffering as a result of Syria's relentlessly continuing civil war. But one of our books, the 2011 title Food, Farming and Freedom, Sowing the Arab Spring, by the Lebanese agronomist and social activist Rami Zureik, contains a lively and charming picture of what Zureik, a very well-informed observer, saw when he and his family made a short visit to Aleppo just four years ago, in July 2009. Rami Zureik's account of his visit to Aleppo occurs in one of the short illustrated travelogues that are included in the book under the general title Travels Through the Land Where Farming Began. Rami Zurek's book, Food, Farming and Freedom, can be purchased via our website, www.justworldbooks.com. Here is what Zurek wrote in July 2009 about his visit to Aleppo and the region around it. Monday, July 27th, 2009. I'm back from a wonderful trip to one of my favorite cities, Aleppo in one of my favorite countries, Syria. Many years ago, when I started teaching agriculture, I used to go quite often to Aleppo, which is where ICARDA, the UN's research center devoted to dryland farming, is located. This is the third time I have been to Aleppo this year, but this time it was purely for pleasure. We stayed in the neighborhood of al Jadedi, which is an old part of the city, ideally located midway between Al-Aziziyeh and the old Souks. It has been renovated recently by the Germans, so my half-German and half-Syrian friend L tells me, and she should know. The hotel we stayed in is called Beit el-Wakil. It's an old house with a beautiful courtyard where I had coffee every morning while reading my novel before heading out for an adventure. We got into Aleppo on Thursday, a bit late after seven hours on the road, of which one and a half hours were spent between Beirut and Junie, and another hour at the borders. The driving was smooth. Nothing new. The Syrians drive just as bad as the Lebanese. After checking in, we still had time for a short stroll in the old quarter. The first monument we came across was the Maronite Church, very old and stunning. A reminder that Maronites were in Syria before they were in Lebanon. This would become clearer the next day when we visited the small village north of Aleppo where Marmarun, St. Maroon, is said to be buried in a very modest, unmarked grave. I loved the inside of the church in Aleppo, but what I liked most was the statue of St. Elie in the courtyard, near which a number of youth were socializing. St. Elie is slaying something that was not represented. Some infidel, I guess. Next morning, after an excellent breakfast of local cheeses, local preserves, and local fruits in syrup, all highly recommended, we headed toward the Cathedral of St. Simeon, the hermit, who in the 5th century AD spent 37 years on a pillar. Little remains of the pillar, apparently because everybody who has visited since 600 AD has wanted to take a piece of it as a souvenir. All you can see now is a boulder, which is all that remains from the once 15-metre-high column. But the ruins there are fabulous and well worth a visit, 
and the view on the plain below is breathtaking. On the way to St. Simeon, we visited a couple of other locations, all part of the same extensive complex of Roman and Byzantine-era ruins. Kaltura, a village where people live between the ruins, or rather, inside the ruins. Sitelrum and Rifadi. In Sitelrum, we encountered two young men who had come to give water to their horses from a rainwater collection well that is probably a couple of millennia old. In Rifadi, the ruins are wonderful and the village plan is still intact. A family of farmers and shepherds lives there, in a house they have reclaimed from what appears to be a Roman-era colonnade. The area around St. Simeon is beautiful. It is hilly, and although it is a dry land, nearly all the land is farmed. Olives, grapes, figs, wheat, and barley. The hard limestone rocks create the beautiful, deeply red soil typical to our region, called terra rossa, or red Mediterranean soil. It is my favorite soil, although it is often discontinuous, interspersed with rock outcrops, and therefore difficult to farm. The Syrian government clearly gives a lot of importance to agriculture and the maintenance of the vegetative cover. Wherever the slopes are too steep for farming, they have reforested using cypress trees, which are drought-tolerant and indigenous. After St. Simeon, we drove east, crossed the river and the agricultural plain, and bought our lunch from a bakery and a small shop in the Kurdish town of Afrin. The town has a nice feel to it, and everybody speaks both Kurdish and Arabic, unlike in Iraqi Kurdistan, where they speak only Kurdish. We bought manaish, fatayir, and a really nice pastry called kurdi panir, Kurdish cheese which has white cheese and lots of hot peppers in it. We also bought apricot and cherry preserves made by the aunt of the young man who keeps the shop. I made him swear in both Arabic and Kurdish that his aunt had made them at home. Then we drove a few kilometers into the plain to the ruins of Ain Dara, where a Hittite site was recently discovered, and we had lunch there. Tuesday, July 28, 2009. After Archaeology Day came Souk Day. We entered the Aleppo Souk from the butcher's end, which we'll avoid on future trips. It is a real abattoir. Right at the entrance of the souk, a young man sat in the sun selling what looked like inflated party balloons, sheep's intestines. He refused to be photographed. Who wouldn't? A few meters away, but much prouder, stood a cake vendor. The cakes looked really interesting, but I didn't dare try them. The souk is magical. It offers everything, and you can spend hours there, which is exactly what we did. But the part of the souk I liked most was the textile shops. The colors are dazzling, and it is all for real. People wear these. So much joy. So much joy in bright colors. We had lunch at Ali's, juice cocktail and sandwiches behind the great mosque. Ali makes minuscule melted white cheese sandwiches and a fabulous juice mix. Orange, mango, peach, banana and Damascus mulberries. The whole meal was less than four dollars for all three of us. The Aleppo castle is, of course, not to be missed. 
but don't get fooled into the museum. It offers very little and charges an entry fee. Before we knew it, it was time for dinner. We had been to the restaurant Oneness the previous night. It is a famous restaurant that I found to be overpriced and mediocre. I had the cherry kebab. The sauce was good, but the kebabs were so-so. So this time, we had a beer on the terrace of Oneness, and then we went to Abu Hagop's, just around the corner. Excellent small sandwiches with sujuk and ma'anit, spicy Armenian sausages, and good hummus. Don't miss it. Next morning, it was time to drive back to Lebanon. We took the very long road toward Latakir, down toward the Orontes, or Asi, valley, where I saw a field of millet, a culture that has disappeared from Lebanon. We also bought some excellent baladi figs. They are very large, hard, and green outside, and red inside, and they come in very early. Then we climbed the mountain toward the town of Slonfi. To get there, we passed through a very thick forest at 1,100 meters, that included firs, junipers, and really tall, deciduous oaks. I haven't seen forests of this density and size in Lebanon, and I know my country pretty well. Well, that was me, Helena Cobbin, reading an excerpt from Rami Zurek's book Food, Farming, and Freedom, Sowing the Arab Spring. The book, by the way, provides a lot of information about how a lot of the current unrest in the Middle East came about after two or three decades of the degradation of the region's traditional agricultural systems and rural communities, resulting in an unplanned rush of people to the outskirts of the big cities, often as a result of the neoliberal aid and trade policies pursued by Western governments. You can buy Rami Zurek's book, Food, Farming and Freedom, Sowing the Arab Spring, as either a paperback or a Kindle e-book, along with a lot of other fine titles on Middle Eastern and other international topics via our website, www.justworldbooks.com. Thanks, and goodbye for now.